Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Bing bong, bada ba bing bing bong. Well, Isn't it well. just? Isn't it just? Welcome, everybody. This is Suggestible Podcast, the podcast where we podcast. podcast. <laughs> the podcast. Howdy. Howdy there. The podcast where we recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. Also known as Suggestibles. That's right. Without the S on the end. There's one yes. S. No, I just meant as in the things that we read and watch and recommend to people are called Suggestibles. <laughs> so true. They are. And this week, like every week, it's the same show that we normally do, With the isn't same it? people. I'm Claire Totti. James Clemish is here also. We are married. Welcome. And welcome to the year of 2022 where everything still kind of sucks. We already did this. Didn't we do the first one last week, didn't we? we already yeah, we did. I know. I'm just welcoming everyone again. I love to welcome people. I'm oh, a welcoming gal. A double welcome. Well, I'm equally welcoming because, and I welcome it's you, not. Claire. To it's f- not at all. I am to, to share your first Is there a word suggestibles. for un- Unwelcoming? Yes, that is. That's the word. That's the word. You unwelcoming. <laughs> wow. That was a really roundabout way of saying my brain isn't working properly. I know. Do you know what? My brain really isn't working properly because I listened back to our previous episode of Suggestible in the City. The oh, yes. Final Frontier that we recorded. That, that podcast is now over because the season of Sex and City is now over. And I said the most awful metaphor that mixed about a million I, I remember genres. you. I, didn't I comment it on the you time? Did. And I didn't realize just how ridiculous it was. I can't even remember what it was. It was but something it was like four I mixed different things. Hurdles with something else, and it was just awful. hurdles with girdles. Correct, exactly. All right, what do you got then for your first suggestible? Right. I'm so thing. excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay. Yes, I am. All right. So you know my favorite thing. My favorite thing is a thriller. Oh my and god. And I have two to recommend today. One is a book. One is a TV show. Don't don't fall asleep. One is a book. One is a TV show. Okay. Correct. The first one is on stand. It's called Trigger Point. Oh, my Can't God. Can't sleep this through this. Yeah. yeah. No. I, <laughs> Did you come in while I was watching it? I, I came in and out and, and the, <laughs> the lead in it, who's the lead from um. Yeah, so it's Vicky McClure who yeah. plays Kate Fleming from my favourite of all time, Num Num, Line of Duty. Num Num. <laughs> I kept coming into the room like every 10 minutes and she was diffusing mm. a different bomb. <laughs> Well, that's because she's an ex-military bomb disposal operative, James. Oh. Referred to as an expo. An expo. Correct, exactly. And she's part of a team who regularly risk their lives on the job in London and who become embroiled in investigating a terrorist campaign. Look, I'm not saying they obviously don't risk risk their lives because they do and it's a very like... A lot of tension, so James. Specialized. So much tension. I mean, this and the skill level on that. But how how often you really diffusing bombs? Really, I reckon more than you'd think. Not that I'm saying that like you shouldn't. Because if I'm they not, do not their that I'm job correct, you shouldn't get paid. No, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, I think more often than you think, and I also think they're probably doing their job very it well. Just seems if to be, we never see the bombs. No, exploding. we know they're always on the news. It's always like a controlled explosion no, as well. No, we have a friend who works for. Uh, ASIO or one of the things, Oh, just a friend, no names here. And he was saying to me that a lot of times there is so much going on that we just don't hear about because they don't want to publicise it. That is probably true. But all I'm saying is I, I think there's probably less bombs than you think or it's just like somebody built a backyard bomb to do a dumb thing. 
Yeah, well, probably. Yeah. Anywho, well, let me tell you, this TV show is great. Uh, there's three episodes that are out currently. They're doing that thing where they drop an episode a week, which kind of annoys you me. You mean regular television? Exactly. But I, it they kind of annoys annoying me because I, I forget about them between, yeah. which is a little annoying. I'm not used to it. I'm used to binging a show. Absolutely. I just binged all of... Uh, Bloody, what's that bloody, what's that bloody HBO Max Twilight. show where everyone does? No, Claire, I'm talking about, I'm doing Batman, not Twilight. Love you know me. that. You know, it's got uh, Euphoria. It's about Euphoria. I just binged like the first five or six of this new season. I'm like, oh, I'm really into, oh, no, week to week now. Oh, they get you. They, they get you. Yeah. All right, well, back to Trigger Point. I would say if you were someone that loved Line of Duty, this no. is not quite as good, but the tension is very high and the stakes are also very high. It kind of takes a few twists and turns. Mm-hmm. So Lana Washington, who is played by Vicky McClure, mm-hmm. her partner is played by Adrian Lester, who is is Joel Nutkins, and he's obviously a very experienced bomb disposal unit professional who's very charismatic and funny and they have a lovely rapport in the first episode. Okay. So I think that's one of the highlights actually is their friendship in that Why did you say the first episode? I just said the first episode. Just the first one though. Well, because they start off the episode together. Yeah. I'm not not – So in in the first episode they're friends. I'm not spoiling And they're together. But that's all. That's all. I haven't seen this episode, so I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, I'm not doing. So you spoilers. get attached to them as characters in particular. I am not getting <laughs> so annoying. Is that what you're right. saying? No, no spoilers in this. I'm not spoiled. I haven't seen it. How can I spoil this thing oh, I have not are, seen? Anyway, can I just keep saying I would love to hear it. Okay, so they arrive at a block of flats where a bomb has been, obviously, they've been tipped off that there's mm-hmm, a bomb mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. So they evacuate the entire building and the police are kind of keeping everyone out of an exclusion zone and it's high-pressure stakes as they go in and do their thing and dispose of the bomb and, and cut all the wires they need to cut and then they find out that actually it's a really like makeshift bomb and isn't really anything. And then they've got warning that there's a car that's got another bomb in it with a man in it with his hands tied behind his back and he's blindfolded and he stumbles out. And then Lana has to go in and like defuse that one as well. And wow. she takes risks and goes a bit rogue. And everyone's like, Lana, you're taking some risk. And she's like, I am, but I'll do it anyway. I'm a maverick. And everyone's like, And oh. I love my best friend, this guy. We have excellent <laughs> chemistry, chemistry, but just for episode one. All right, fine. Can I just spoil it? No, Claire. Don't spoil this show I haven't <laughs> oh, seen. God, you're spoiling it to everyone. Anywho, and then it, it unfolds from there and it obviously becomes clear that there is a terrorist cell. Now, what is unclear is whether or not it is an ISIS-based terrorist cell mm. or a white supremacist cell because the the flat of the first bomb was actually owned by a white supremacist. Right. And so there's that kind of undertone going on there. It's Ooh. mainly just about the tension of exploding bombs. Um, no, it sounds like it's also about the socio-political. Them. But there is a little bit of stuff about that of and modern Britain. <laughs> yes, there's a bit of both. Yeah. Anyway, I really, I'm enjoying it. If you feel the like bombs a metaphor for bre- bre- Brexit, I was going to say breakfast. Yeah, breakfast maybe. Anyway, if you're in the mood for it, and as always, Vicky McClure is just brilliant. She's very good. Great haircut, great eyes. She's got, that, yeah, she's got that top knot ponytail going on. Correct, exactly. Yeah. She's also, you know, very troubled, which we always love in a main character in this type of show. I agree. I enjoy it. Who wants to see happy people? Not me. Speaking no. of, I watched a movie. It's on Stan. It's a Stan exclusive, but you can catch it overseas, I believe, in cinemas. Stan is now Australian streaming service. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Gold. 
It's uh, it's directed by Anthony Hayes, who directed Cargo. Did you ever watch the Martin Freeman Australian zombie movie? You know Martin Freeman from The Office? There's gold in them hills. Yes, there are gold in there. This is what this is about. So it starts. So, so yeah, Anthony Hayes, did you see the Martin Freeman Cargo zombie Australian movie? Oh, sorry, you asked me that back? already, didn't Yes. You? My brain checked it out for a minute. I was singing the soundtrack from um, All About Love. Yeah, we were, no, we were all here. About all of us, time. All about of, time. All of, us heard, all of us heard it. You said you did it out loud. There's gold in them here. Did you watch that movie? So don't lose faith. Did you watch that movie or not, Claire? Not which movie? <laughs> I forgot. Cargo. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, it was very good. Anyway, he's done a few movies, but it's this is his latest. It stars Zachary Efron. I did see. Okay, so Australia's the, own. Yes, I did see this on the app. They did a very good job of like featuring Zach Efron's all face, his big gold all face, dirty, looking like he's been in a gold mine. Or he's something. yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. And also, he is a gold mine. Let that's me true. You. It also stars Anthony Hayes and also Susie Porter, who has been in heaps of Australian stuff, but she was. Uh, when I first saw it, was she was in two hands. Excellent. Yeah. That is such a good movie. I have another question for you. Is it about gold in the hills? No. Is our rat catcher also in the movie? Oh, yeah. So basically we have rats <laughs> in our house. Massive ones. And on podcast, it just kept me up all night last night barking yeah. and, and like staring at the floor. So we got a, we got a, we got a rat dude to come out and we're expecting like, I don't know, a grizzled old man Hello, with like a, a with like a hooked hand, hooked hand in the net or something. <laughs> but he's like this super handsome, like fucking Zac Efron looking dude, <laughs> except he's like six foot two. And I came inside. I'm like, you fucking see this guy? <laughs> I'm like, he looks like Zac Efron. I actually think that you reacted more than I, I did. did. I just didn't expect I just it. Didn't, wasn't really that phased by it. And you were like, oh my goodness, my, my panties are in a twist. <laughs> and, you, and you're like, it doesn't look like Zac Efron. I'm like, it looks exactly like, he looks like modern day bearded <laughs> Zac Efron. If Zac Efron owned a rat catching business. Yeah. He also does other things. He does pets control. He does a number of things. He does, it's, yeah, exactly. But uh, so yeah. No, it didn't star him, but it starred a guy who looks like him, that being the actual Zac Efron. So it's filmed in Australia in the uh, Australian Outback. And what you're going to love about this, Claire, and I didn't know this going in, it's post-apocalyptic. Didn't know it going in. <laughs> okay. We are nothing if not extremely consistent. It's true. I'm so sorry. I listeners. did not know it was post-apocalyptic going in. Also, it sort of doesn't matter whether it is or isn't. Is this also because Zac Efron is living in Byron Bay currently? He's doing also, yeah, it probably is. Yeah, that's definitely. Well, actually, it was supposed to be Sam Worthington. And so uh, he dropped out for whatever reason. Zac Efron uh, took it, which is great. I mean, I like Sam Worthington. He kind of gets a bit of heat, but, you know, I also I like, like Zac too. Efron. Yeah. yeah. You know, because he was in like some, like the most popular movie of all time. And people, and then they're like, people are like, look at this famous guy. And most of the world's like, Nah, we don't really want to look at this guy that much, actually. <laughs> but I like him. I actually, th- I, I do like Sam Wilson. Anyway, so two men they're they're crossing uh, the, the the barren wastelands of Central Australia. It might be like I think it was filmed in South Australia, but it's not really clear where it is. So is it dessert? It's dessert. Yes, uh, it's just dust and dry, and everybody's dirty and hates each other. Yeah, and that's you know, kind of why kind. I couldn't watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you definitely shouldn't watch this. But anyway, on the way through, and they find the biggest gold nugget that's ever been discovered, like as big as this table big, immovable big. That's very big gold nugget. I agree, even though they're, they're in a car. So they're like, we need to, uh, we, we can't leave with this now. And these two guys have just met, the Zac Efron guy and Anthony Hayes, who's also the director. So, so they decide that one of them is going to stay, that being Zac Efron, while the other one goes and gets a, a digger, right? 
Mm-hmm. And so it's, he's going to be five days guarding this gold by himself while he's like running out of food and water and there's storms and wild dogs and perhaps other people in the area and all these kinds of things. So it's mostly Zac Efron sitting in the dirt going insane, waiting for this guy to return. And you're also like, is this guy even coming back? What is this? What is all of this even for? Do you know what I mean? Is this some kind of elaborate ruse where like he's just waiting for Zac Efron to die? Is he like, like what's, what's going on here? So it just kind of, and it's just very upsetting and very harrowing. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and doubt and greed begins to set in and, you know, he kind of has chances to leave and he's like, do I take them and all these kinds of things and how much of this is worth putting up to guard this gold? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What do you do? You know? Anyway, uh, it was awful. Like it was very good, but it was awful. How I always find that interesting. How is that? Kind of gripping because it sounds boring. It's totally not boring. It is. Is it because of the performance? Yeah, he's very good. Zach Efron's a great actor. Well, they're all, again, all good in it. So is he Tom Hanks in it, you know? In the- yeah, but more like like blistered, sunburnt, like just like going mad in the desert kind of. A l- like seeing mirages? Yeah, all this kind of stuff and what's real and who's real and all of these different things and so different going characters on. pop Yeah, and it's it. all like centred around this like this gold. Do they have any um, Indigenous Australians? There are actually, the yeah. Past? Yeah, there are. That's interesting. Oh, but I should also say uh, not major in any way. So if you went in this going like, oh, wow, there's going to be some Indigenous performances here, no. That, that is not what this movie is like at right. all. So it's mainly like white guy greed. Yep, exactly. And it's also and what it seems to be in this world because Zac Efron is American. This other guy, Anthony Hayes, is American. There's a few other people in it who also – there aren't any people, I think, really with Australian accents in this. So what it seems to be from the world, from what I could gather, the very limited information that you have, is that something has happened in the world and people have flooded into Australia because uh, things are bad. But Australia is bad, but maybe not as bad as everywhere else. Right. So kind of mirroring what happened during, maybe not now, but 2020. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know, so it's just, uh, yeah, again, like it's on it's on stand in Australia, but it's it's... I mean, it might be available on other streaming services because it is streaming. So um, I would I would recommend it. Great. Excellent. If you like The Road, if you like, yeah, Tom Hanks's like Castaway. Castaway. It's way grimmer than that. But, um, yeah, but yeah, survival, See, I guess. Interesting. I agree. Did it make you want to go into the desert? No, I fucking hate the desert. It's That's an awful not a place. What, you like the desert? No. You know what though? I took the GAN, which is like a train that goes from Adelaide all yeah, the way up to the Yeah, that's a different way of, of saying it. Yeah, I know. I was sitting in a lovely carriage watching yeah. um, Game of Thrones, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like looking out the window and watching the beautiful desert kind of pass you by. And look, there is a huge expanse of not very much. There is so much in the desert middle in Australia. Of Australia. Yeah. It's Australia just is, is desert. For those who don't know, which is probably not a lot of people, most people, if not all, not all. Most live on the edges. Live on like 90, 95% of people live on the coast. And considering right. how big Australia is. Yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons yeah. why our population is so small yeah. is because we've got so much desert mm. and expanse. However, there's a beauty to that too. Oh, it totally is. It's I just don't want to get beautiful. caught in it at all. <laughs> no, you, have, you need your little slippers. And, and my little slippers. Comfort, so you're not I, going to be digging no, up No, and I need gold. moisturiser. And I, you Do know. you know what? Did it? Did they address it all the kind of gold rush era of Australian history and all of that stuff? Not really. I mean, there's those kind of like 
you know, there's a there's there are par- parallels, obviously, but mm. um, no, not directly. It's not even really clear like what year it is. It's probably like twenty thirty five. Oh, because maybe. it's post apocalyptic. Yeah, uh, they, maybe they oh. say it, but it's pretty it's pretty light on details, which and isn't. So it's more a about Zac Efron's central performance. It, that is exactly what I it is. I will say with Efron that he went from shiny, shiny, shiny. Yeah. In High School Musical, to gross. and really true. No, I reckon he's got way better looking <laughs> over agree, time. Yeah. As obviously I'm older, he's, he's also, older, but it's just mm. he's managed to transition. Yeah, because he is very. He's also, talented. Well, I mean, he's always been very talented, you know. And I think I know he like looks back on like his early High School Musical stuff, and he's like, oh, gross or whatever. But like. He's very talented. He's like extremely talented. Oh, he's you know? one of those people that can also do comedy. Yeah, exactly. Too, which is excellent. What is that movie that he's in where Matt with Matthew Perry? Oh, they, Seventeen Seven, again. He's a great. Movie. I always like Seventeen. Again. I really yeah. enjoyed that. He's movie. really fun in that. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. It's mm. so interesting. Yeah, so he's just got a really great comedic timing, and he's also in like a couple of rom coms on Netflix. I think. Yeah, he's done like bits and pieces, and um, he's in yeah. he's in Neighbors. If you've seen that Neighbors movie with um Seth yes. Rogen and Rose Byrne, and yeah, he's clearly. Very like he's funny. funny. He was in Baywatch with The Rock, which is apparently I not a good if movie. He's like short with big head. Like I think he's short with big head, but he's many not. Many movie stars. I don't think are. he's. T- Let me check. Zac Efron height. I, no- normally the height on um is exaggerated by a couple of inches, but it says he's 173 centimeters. So he's shorter than me because I'm yeah, five nine. So he's so he's probably. <laughs> five seven maybe. All right, so he's a couple of centimeters. He's like four centimeters taller than me. Ooh, oh, you're probably fine that you're taller than Zac Efron. <laughs> yeah, I will. I usually think I'm taller than I am. It's my inflated ego. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, my turn again. It's been rumoured that he wears uh, shoe lifts or elevator shoes. Oh, mm. there you go. Does he do the, the – who's taller, Zac Efron or Tom Cruise? That's, uh, they'd probably be similar, I reckon. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering because does he have to also play roles with women who are tiny to make him look bigger? Yeah, maybe. Most people in Hollywood are tiny. It's just the way of the world. Must be the framing of the camera. Who knows? Actually, on the Phantom Menace, the set of the Phantom Menace, they built the Phantom Menace, right, sets. And a lot of the, to a certain extent, like they build, you know, like six feet or seven feet and then the rest is blue screen or whatever. But the problem is when Liam Neeson came on set, Liam Neeson's like 100 (laughs) feet tall. So then had to like great expense, like extend these sets because Liam Neeson is one of the few people in Hollywood who's like a literal giant. (laughs) Is that why he's always playing movies where people have to he gets he beats up everybody? Yes. <laughs> because he's giant. And there's also a rumor about He's very good in love, actually, though. As he's a good. Heartfelt, heartfelt he's 193 man. centimeters. So yeah, he's Who big. Is? Liam Neeson. Oh Liam Neeson. He said Tom Cruise. How big is Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise, uh, I don't know, four foot two. I, I want to know. know. <laughs> Who's taller? Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise or is Zach Efron? Probably like five, six, five, seven. Are we can find this out we can't we don't have any definitive information what do you mean he's probably about we don't know it says 1.7 meters yeah he could be but he could be shorter (laughs) that's like officially that's his official google height all right yeah it's just come up it's weird it's a very exact height yeah 1.7 there's no like little surely there's like little like so there's no real yeah you know what i mean like there's usually dot points when i say liam neeson's really tall he's six foot four which is tall but, like, if you saw a six-foot-tall guy, you're not, From like... From Hollywood. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. like, extraordinary Hollywood tall. Like, real person tall, that's tall, but it's not, like, turn your head, my God, this Dustin is a giant Dustin Hoffman tall. is 1.67. Yeah, so he's So Tom tiny. Cruise is taller than Dustin Hoffman. He might But be. Brad Pitt is 1.8, which is the same height as Nicole Kidman. <laughs> that is, I'm finding if, this if really Brad, fascinating. <laughs> if Brad Pitt is 1.8, because he's probably not. 
All right. Also, because he's inflated too. They're all inflated. So weird. Celebrities are weird, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're weird. Anyway, also, anyway, as a, as a man who who is six foot, <laughs> uh, so it's it's you know he's whatever. Not, he's totally not. <laughs> I do you sometimes think I'm taller than you, but no, no, you're great. like half a head shorter. I than just me. love how Meso, your co-host on your other more successful podcast, it makes me cry every time I say it. Um, Nick, <laughs> Mason, everyone thinks that you're regular man height, so Nick Mason is not a short person, except that you're yeah. a littler person. People so think he's littler that because Mason's probably five seven, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So people think I'm fucking. Giant. Giant, but I'm like 5'9", <laughs> maybe 5'10 in shoes. You know? That's the rule of podcasting. Everyone's tiny. Every, yeah, that's right. You have to be. You have to be truthful about it. This isn't Hollywood. No, this is a yeah. podcast, podcasting, mate. Everyone gets to the kernels of truth. That's it. So the second thing I have, I promised a book and I – Is it celebrityheights.com? <laughs> that's not a book. That's a website that I like to spend an inordinate amount of time on. Yeah. We should play a game, just who's tall and who – but then, obviously, as you say, we don't actually know if they're actually. There are sites pints. dedicated to like different pictures, different shoes, standing next to different people for God, references. I so literally weird. just brought that up just then, trying to find like heights. I just why? went down this really brief like rabbit hole. <laughs> why is that so interesting? I have no idea why that's interesting. I, no, the most interesting thing to me <laughs> is that they're lying. Like the truth <laughs> is not that interesting. You know, if they were like Tom Cruise is like five five or whatever. Yeah, I'll be like, okay, but if the, <laughs> I'm up, but now I'm like, how tall is he really? Is he taller than me? I hope not. Uh, that's so funny. You know? Yeah, I know. George I totally Clooney agree. apparently very small as well. Very tiny. Yes, a tiny big head. Tiny, tiny guy. And jo- um, Jason Statham. Jason Statham, tiny, very big short. Head. Yeah, tiny big head. Yeah, yeah interesting. Mm. So anyway. maybe Nicole Kidman's not. She's one point eight. That's not that tall. It's just I would that everyone say thinks she's giant. I'm guessing. I would. I'm guessing she probably is exactly one point eight. You know. Yeah. If yeah. not taller, because yeah. I think it's different for women. Yeah, it totally know? is. Yeah. Oh, completely. Because she's sort of known as being very tall, but one point eight is not that tall. No. For women, I mean, I guess it's, I don't know. Anyway, let's move. Anyway, on. let's. How tall? How tall are you? Email in. <laughs> Tell us. We'll arrange our listeners. Are all, all ten of them in our order? <laughs> Smallest to largest. Come on, Claire. We've no, got more than agreement. ten we listeners. We do, and we value you immensely. Come every on, every one Claire. of you. You guys are the best. We literally have the best listeners. I always get the best emails. And we love our short kings out there. Have you heard that expression? No, was that short mean? kings? If you're small, but you're not like it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? You can be whatever uh... height. It's called short king. It's all about confidence. Would you say this about? <laughs> If you were dating a man, say a short like man. Like a bald thing as well. Yeah, I guess it is. But, like, it's how you so carry, if, yourself. How you carry yourself, you know? Right. There's an episode of Sex in the City on that. Exactly. <laughs> and just like that, let's get off this fucking topic. <laughs> okay, my short king. <laughs> short king of my, lo- my life. I know. Um, Would I take another couple of inches? Sure. <laughs> my brother. <laughs> Yeah, brother is upset. My brother is like one of the like very intelligent ducks of his class, doctor, just like very smart and incredibly very tan. Very tan just There's a butt coming though. You can feel it if you're listening to this. No, but this. what makes me laugh so much is because like he's very photogenic as well. Like, oh, yeah. Just, just like a, a human being that people like would photograph and no, no matter what angle, he just always manages to look good. I look like a ghost in photos. Yeah, I look, oh my God, <laughs> the chins that come out in photos of me. I mean, maybe they exist in real life, but honestly. It's just getting worse. My whole face is sliding into my neck and I'm not coping with it. But I am because I'm a feminist and it's not about what I look like. It's what I do and who I am inside. <laughs> Any <Anyway, laughs> moving right along. My brother 
Of all these things, he is an asthmatic. He has a lot of allergies and he took a lot of like cortisone or whatever as a kid to like help with his asthma and he reckons it stunted his growth. I don't think so. He's like quite a good athlete too and he just never grew tall. I think he's just like. He's got quite big feet. But I think like your family, like my family, is the biggest fucking roll of the dice of how (laughs) tall you're going to be. Yeah. Like my fan, like I'm of my two brothers, I'm the shortest. My yeah. little brother is like six two, six He's three. Massive, yeah. My other brother's probably six foot, you know. Yeah. And I'm look at me. It's short kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? I don't know, and that's like my family too. I mean, your grandpa was like one of those tallest people. Yeah, I've he was ever the met. tallest man from his era, He's towering over yeah. everyone. It was amazing. But your grandma was so tiny, so she it's probably was. where it's the probably height happened. thing happened. Yeah, my family, that's true. You could roll the dice and then I do have some quite short uncles. It's true. So I feel like my brother always thought he was going to be tall. Well, he told me. I remember because I'm like 10 years older than him. He's like, I'm going to be taller than you one day. And I'm like, okay. But he's not. <laughs> and it's too late now. He can't catch me. Yeah, because you've known him since he was like 12 yeah. or well, something. We might, we might actually be the same height. I have no idea. Anyway, I but, just find that it's really funny anyway. Anyway, Anywho, anyway I hope he hears this. I know, poor mate. And gets upset. Poor brother. He's great. <laughs> You've got everything else. You'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. He'll be so fine. He's awesome. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right. Okay. Uh, my recommendation, I'm so excited about this one. It's a book called Magpie by Elizabeth Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. Elizabeth Day is the host of a podcast I've talked about before called How to Fail. It's, you know, incredibly popular and incredible, amazing. She's one of Notice one of the best podcast interviewers, I think. She interviews with wit and sensitivity and humour and just great research. A wit and sensitivity and humour are her co-hosts. Okay. Yes, correct. Thank um, you. She's also an incredible writer. She's written five novels to date, which collectively have gained her a Betty Trask Award, Observer Book of the Year, and a Richard and Judy Summer Book Club pick, which is a big deal in the UK. Right. Um, now, she also writes for, um, you know, The Guardian, The New York Times, lots of different publications, and she's very well read. She went to Cambridge. She's just an incredibly intelligent woman. And this particular book is her her latest offering. It's a psychological thriller about jealousy, infertility, and motherhood. And the lead character is a woman called Marissa who just meets a guy on a dating app, like I know a lot of people have, called Jake. Um, And just after a few months, they move in together and things start to escalate very quickly when they start trying for a baby. Oh, lovely. So Marissa feels like she's finally found the steadfast love and support that she's been looking for her whole life. She had quite a troubled childhood, which you find out a bit about. But then their relationship in their flat is tested when they take in a lodger, Kate, (gasps) who has little regard for personal boundaries and seems to have taken an uncomfortable interest in uh, Marissa's boyfriend, Jake. Oh, I don't like Mm. this. Why did they take in a lodger? Interesting. For money? Uh, For clout? (laughs) Well, Jake says because, yeah, for money, because it will help with, you know, supporting the baby because Marissa falls pregnant. Okay, okay. Um, Yeah, and Kate seems to take a really big interest in the baby that Marissa has Mm. and things start to, to go 
kind of arrive oh, from she's there. Looking to, like a magpie swoop in and steal the eggs right. or something. Yes. Is that what magpies do? Yeah, that is what they, I don't know, maybe they do swoop a lot. Do they knock swoops. people out of their nests or whatever? I feel, I feel like that would be a magpie energy thing to do. There is a magpie at the beginning of the book too that oh. swoops in and, and knocks Marissa in the head. So it's a metaphor and it's a literal magpie. Correct. Um, so questions. Why is Kate so obsessed with the couple? So what's going on there? Mm. And why doesn't Jake kind of heed Marissa's concerns? Um, and then there kind of spirals out of there and it becomes a tense, twisting, brilliantly written novel about mothers and children and envy and possession and the dangers of getting everything you've ever dreamed of. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, Be careful what you wish for. What's interesting about it is Elizabeth Day suffered a miscarriage while she was writing the second part of the okay. book. And so it does de- – and she um, is very open about her battle with infertility. So does that like – affect the story or is it more like the tone? It's more the tone yeah. of the story. I guess it, it does become quite dark Yeah, and she does explore because um, it was her third miscarriage. So it does kind it's of. Brutal. Ex- yeah, it's mm. really brutal. And it does kind of explore that world of what it means to want to be a mother and not be able to and what that does psychologically. She's spoken in podcast interviews about how in writing this kind of psychological thriller based in motherhood, she could feel herself during her infertility journey that's really still going on. She could feel that there were points where she could have entered into the kind of headspaces that her characters enter into. Yeah, right. And she stopped herself, one of which one of the things that stopped her were obviously a really supportive partner and friends and also her work because she could throw herself into that. But it is a really interesting examination, I think, of jealousy yeah, okay. and and the kind of paths that women take and the kind of dreams that we have about our lives and the societal pressure that comes with that as well and trying to juggle career as well as wanting to have a baby and dealing with the failure of that. So it does deal with a similar theme to her podcast in a way because How to Fail was born out of, which is her podcast, was born out of um, her failures really. She got divorced um, very early on in her marriage and yeah. then had struggled with infertility even though she is incredibly high achieving. I think she got a double honours in Cambridge um, and in history. Oh, me too. And obviously, <laughs> and obviously even her podcast How to Fail is a rip-roaring success as are her novels. So yeah. she's like this really high achieving person who is then grappling with the fact that this is one thing that she can't just sort of work her way out of. You can't strive and work your way through it. Correct, yeah, exactly. And what it feels like to not be able to do that. And she, I I know she makes a lot of women feel seen in that struggle. Yeah. Anyway. She sounds amazing. Yeah, she is. She's incredible. Do you know who she's really good friends with? Me. Our mate, Phoebe Wallerbridge. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and actually, interestingly, the start of Fleabag, the second season, opens with a miscarriage and that scene is directly related to the first miscarriage that miscarriage that Elizabeth Day had. Oh, really? Yeah, so she was at, out to brunch with a friend yeah. and went to the bathrooms and her, and her miscarriage started happening that and this sucks. was the first one that happened to her but she felt like she didn't want to upset her friend or like – bring the mood down or anything. So she just kind of continued with the brunch and then left and never said anything. And that kind of is what happens in the, yeah, the first, the second season. So I think Phoebe rang her after she'd written it and said, I accidentally think I've written your story kind of into the show. And Elizabeth Day said, I trust her so implicitly. She's just brilliant. Of course you can have my story. So anywho, there you go. 
I really recommend it. Magpie. That sounds harrowing AF, Claire. Look, it is, but it's not as, it's dark, but it's also got some uplifting things too. And it's, yeah, I won't, I don't want to spoil it because it does have lots of twists and turns. Ooh. I bet there was an affair involved somewhere amongst it. I'm not sure where. <laughs> but you know what but it's else? It's definitely a very significant plot twist. Okay. You know what's interesting? Because a lot of people maybe they, they would like the thrill of the, an affair, but they don't want to ruin the relationship that they're in, which I completely understand. You shouldn't Miranda. do that. Miranda. Miranda. Yeah, go listen to all the episodes of Suggestible in the City. But I find also that people have written in and said that leaving a review on this show actually gives you a rush like no other. Just yes. like this person has. And you can do it in apps. From It's Bri or Bri, B-R-I. 10 out of 10, amazing and genuine. New listener and absolutely love it. Cannot recommend enough or to enough people. So sweet and casual, conversational, and I want them to adopt me ASAP. <laughs> I'm sorry, the door uh, is shut on adoption. We just took in a dog and I'm at my wit's end. <laughs> so, uh, look, if there is an opening, we'll let you know. We will we'll let but, you know. Uh, we'll advertise it on the show. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. How we like to get all of our family a, members. A, yeah, a listener competition. <laughs> Correct. We also have Mason. We adopted him too. So That's you right. Know. There's too many already in this house. Too many people. <laughs> too many bloody people in this house, I'll tell you that much. All right, what's next, Claire? Oh, well, if you would like to write in with your very own suggestible I do actually. a movie, TV show, a recipe, what have you, or just appreciation for the wonderful hosts, you can <laughs> at suggestible at gmail.com, just like Jenny Congdon has, and what a legend is Jenny. Hi, Claire and James. I was listening to your podcast, Suggestible, today, and Claire mentioned something about enjoying hearing from your listeners. You bet your bottom dollar I do, Jenny. It's true. Give us your bottom dollar. Bet it on the show. <laughs> Keep your dollars. Keep it. We've Just decided. Us. Give us your words. I thought you might be surprised to know I'm a 58-year-old woman farming in the Riverina, New South Wales. Awesome. Maybe not your expected demographic. My daughter suggested I might like it and I listen most weeks. What I really wanted to say was, as I listened today, tears welled when you read from Love Stories, Claire. I've read the book and loved it, but today that story brought to mind walking with my father on a rare visit to the city from the farm. He held out his big rough hand and we walked together down the street. I remember thinking I too was a bit old to hold hands, but as Trent said, who was going to see us anyway? Dad died suddenly when I was in my early 20s, and I'm very grateful for this memory. Trent Dalton is an amazing writer, and I loved this book as much as his others. Like you say, it is so uplifting, and we should all read it. You sound like great parents, and I hope your little ones are well. Thanks for your podcast. Kind regards, Jenny. That's beautiful. That's really nice. We um we got a few people who um were like that was uh really moving. That thing that you read out, you ruined a lot of people's days, Claire. <laughs> I know I did. I know I'm gonna be teary reading that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jenny. Yeah, I know. We've got another one from Julie. That's so awesome though. I know. Fifty eight farmer recommended by a kid. Love it. What a legend. I just I really, really appreciate it. And that's why Maybe she can adopt us. Maybe, maybe we're looking she for somebody like to like a really great mum actually. <laughs> And the Riverina, I've heard, is we could do the, spectacular. We could, do the show. we could sit in on it. You could sit in on the show. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. True. Exactly. Anyway, it's just this is why I love hearing from listeners. So mm. really, write in. I'd love to hear from you. Um, Just based on that Trent Dalton excerpt that I read last week that I ruined people's days, Julie Reynolds wrote in with a picture of her partner from the most recent episode, and I thought I'd show you. Let's see it. And it doesn't have any words. It's just like he, she hadn't listened to the episode yet, and he just walked in, and this is the photo of him. 
explain? So he's, uh, he, he looks asleep standing up for one, but he's also, no, it looks like he's in a warm embrace with a two to three-year-old kid. I can't really tell from that, yeah. that particular angle. He's just giving his, like, child a yeah. really big cuddle. That's really nice. Which I think is, like, sums up really that whole passage yeah. about fatherhood. So anyway, did he listen beautiful. to it, did she say? Yeah, he listened to it, but... But um, she hadn't caught up yet and ah. he just like walked in holding the child. <laughs> yeah. So, super cute. That's really nice. Anyway, thank you, anyway, Jenny, and I, thank you, You Julie. should bring in something else that just really tears people apart. You know, you know that's I mean? my favourite. I love to feel it, it's James. It's true. And I love, I love being like, here's a harrowing thing I watched. <laughs> and Claire's like, here's something that will emotionally traumatise you. No, it wasn't. Is it? Tra- oh, it's not traumatising. No, it's, not. it's For me anyway, because I've lost my dad too. Yeah. It, I love that stuff because it makes you feel human and alive and makes you remember yeah. what it's all about. And I think we can forget that in mm. all of the, I don't know, messy nonsense of the internet, you know? Yeah. I think we just have to ground ourselves in those experiences and they might make you feel upset or sad for a moment, but they also, that's what grief does. It reminds you of how fragile it all is, how beautiful it all is, and you, that you need to um, sort of lean into the juiciness of it. Absolutely. I know. And to be fair, I should have waited till the end of the show to read it to you. Really <laughs> you really that. You really did it. Anyway. Yeah. It was beautiful. So, yeah, that was Love Stories by Trent Dalton, if you'd like to read the book. Yeah. And I just thought I'd quickly, before we leave, let's just summarise everything that we recommended today. I think it's something we should do. Well, that's a great week. idea. Yeah. And so, it's always linked below. Calling to edits this always does. Correct. But I, I recommended uh, the movie Gold by Anthony Hayes, mm-hmm. uh, directed by. Um, it's it's on Stan. It's on probably other streaming services. Mm-hmm. Claire, what did, what did you recommend? I recommended Trigger Point, which is also on stand by Jed Mercurio. Oh, this is such a good idea. It is, isn't it? And I also recommended Magpie by Elizabeth Day, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, which is a psychological thriller about motherhood. You recommended one more thing. What was it? Oh, no, just one. I I did have one more thing. but uh, The height of Tom Cruise. The height thing was um, that counts as my second (laughs) recommendation. Celebrity height website. Celebrity height. Okay, and we've been Stressful Podcast. Thank you to Collings for editing this week's episode. Wonderful stuff. Uh, Be sure to check out my YouTube channel because currently we are going through the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, aren't we, Claire? <laughs> Do you mean aren't we, Claire? You are. You certainly are. Just Thank not you. me. Thank God for that. <laughs> that would make that would emotionally traumatize me. I'll. I'm I not watching read. a weird franchise about diamond-filled vampires and <laughs> and werewolf boys who fall in love with babies. It's the other thing. It is the strangest thing. Every time I walk in, there's another white, like very white. I mean, I know, you know, we, we watch some things with white people in it, but this is like white, white, like they, the colour of the walls. Well, Batman doesn't get a lot of sun. That's probably what you're referring to. <sighs> yes, correct. But you yes, know what? It must be Batman and definitely What I do sense. like about Batman is his sparkling personality. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Been all, just all you're doing That's right. the next few weeks is just puns on Twilight. No, what? No, Batman. Sorry, I'm Batman. You're confused. All right, excellent. Okay, till next week. Adieu, adieu to you and you and you. Yes. It's supposed to be it. Is your battery dying on your computer? It is. I'm so sorry. Okay, bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.